Welcome to the SportsWagers.ca podcast with Brian Sherwood-Steinberg and Matthew Finney. Welcome to the SportsWagers.ca podcast. I am Matthew Finney, of course, joined by Brian Sherwood-Steinberg, writing up all those great free daily plays over at SportsWagers.ca. Brian, let's jump right into it. Uh, Monday Night Football, what a wacky game. Uh, lots of lessons to be learned there about uh, in-game variance, playing the value, and uh, how, how, you know, how important it is to uh, be alert, have your laptop open or your phone open, your app open, and take advantage of situations when you see uh, wacky numbers because you never know what's going to happen out there. In-game variance plays the biggest role in the outcome of games, whether you cover or you don't cover. You know, you have... I mean, honestly, that was ridiculous on Monday night. But it's not unusual. It's not unique. Because it was on Monday night, it was it it became a story, a big story. Yeah. Very well documented. Stuff like that happens in every game, every single week in the in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you're dealing with subjective calls. You know, Matt, you got. I mean, just think about it for a sec. You got seven referees on the field, seven of them. You know, you got four on the sidelines. You got two in the offensive backfield. You got one at the end. There's seven guys, seven reps, just dying to throw that flag, dying to throw that flag. And and it's getting out of hand. It's totally getting out of hand. It, be, it makes these single standalone games almost unwatchable. But, you know, you just got to play value you got to stick to playing value and it's just more proof how nobody, nobody can predict the outcome of games and why playing value is such an important thing. It's such an important strategy that we go over time and time again. And it's not just football. It's hockey. It's baseball. It's basketball. You you just got to keep, you got to plow it into your mind to play value you know i look at i read a lot of the forums i like to see what people are thinking uh, you know what the market is feeling because when you read enough of it you truly get a sense of what the market is feeling and i see often people writing their their key trend of the day their key trend and it might be something like Atlanta is 0-5 against the spread in their last five games in week seven of the NFL season. And I'm serious about that. People actually use these these useless and ridiculous trends to convince themselves that it's the right play. How does a game from five years ago impact the outcome today? Maybe the last game impacts or has some sort of effect on the outcome. But to think that games from four, five, six, seven years ago, three years ago, actually affect the outcome of the upcoming game, it's beyond ludicrous. I can't wrap my head around that. Trends will develop over time. They'll, they'll develop. There's so many games. There's thousands of games. Trends will develop over time. And some will stick out way more than others. And then 
people will use those trends that stick out as a reason to play that team with a great trend in the upcoming game, and it's ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. So I just wanted to point that out, you know, because people use these ridiculous strategies to try and find, um, you know, reasons to bet a team. And we had a couple of comments last week too, Matt, because we changed gears on Sunday, as you know. Mm-hmm. You know, we had a couple of picks on Friday that we that we liked based on what we thought was market perception. Yeah. Now, we can be wrong. Both, Just yeah. because we say the market perception is this doesn't mean we're right. The money will tell you exactly where what the market perception is. Yeah. You can talk all you want. Money does all the talking when it comes to gambling. The money does the talking. On Sunday morning, which is which represents a large portion of the uneducated market, you know, because the very educated or sharp, so-called sharp players, play early in the week to try and get a good number or a, what they might perceive as the best number. You know, a lot of the public will play on Sunday morning after a long day of Saturday. You know, they play day to day. They don't look ahead. So where the money goes on Sunday morning represents a large portion of the market that we're looking to fade. Although we don't, you know, use that as our only criteria, we use so many different things that plays a part. And as it turned out, it played a good part last week. And that's one of the reasons why we switched to posting our plays on Sunday as opposed to Monday or Friday, you know. So just wanted to get that out of the way uh, to make, you know, so that people will understand our our approach and uh, and how we look at you know games on a daily basis, right? Like you know, as soon as the lines come out on Monday, you know, we're discussing it. On Tuesday, we're discussing it. Every single day, we're watching the numbers. We think about on Sunday night what the line is going to be for the upcoming week based on what just happened that Sunday. So there's a lot of uh, moving parts, and uh, we're all over it every single week. And we should get into it this week, you know, have a look at what's happening. And uh, I just want to go over one last thing, Matt. Maybe people don't understand. Uh, oh, Will verse betters totally understand a reverse line movement? And I just want to talk about that for one sec. So a reverse line movement is when the money is coming in, clearly coming in on one side, but the line movement is not reflecting that. It's actually going the other way. For instance, let's take... The Thursday night game, KC at Denver, right? The line is three. Well, let's say all the money's coming in on Kansas City. All of it, like you just see all of my, everybody's thinking and betting Kansas City. But the line is not moving up. It actually is holding stable at three, or it might even come down to two and a half. And people are thinking, why is that coming down? You know, everyone's betting KC. Everyone likes KC, but the number's coming down. That's what we refer to as a reverse line movement. And uh, you should be really cautious about betting those type games. 
uh, usually the reverse line movement uh, is accurate in that the money, the you know, the money, the the team that is the reverse line movement team is usually the team that will cover that game. So in other in that case that I just gave you, uh, it would be Denver. That would be the play. Even though all the money is coming in on Kansas City, there's a reverse line movement there on Denver. Denver would be the smart play in a situation like that. So that's what a reverse line movement is all about uh, for anyone that wasn't familiar with it. And I just wanted to put that out there, Matt. <laughs> We're having just a quick look at that Thursday game. I know it's coming right up here, but we always talk about, you know, how they throw out like these three and a halfs we love. And, um, you know, because it encourages, you know, action, especially on the team taking back that hook on a, on a key number. And Thursday night, primetime game was a key example. Uh, Denver opened up at, uh, you know, it was a three and a half point dog at home. Uh, all of a sudden, they've got a little momentum. The Chiefs, right, a couple back to back losses. This is a fickle, fickle market. And the Chiefs did some real damage in survivor pools the last two weeks. They had anybody that was teasing or putting them in money line parlays or even, you know, betting point spreads, obviously, ripping up tickets. And all of a sudden, there's some concern maybe with the Chiefs. And are they going to be someone that, you know, are going to be trusted on Thursday night? Now, we'll see. Like you said, if we're watching the pregame shows on Thursday and everyone's saying, oh, the Chiefs are bouncing back, this is the, the Tyreek Hill's back, it's the second game back, blah, 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 you know, they're going to be the play. We see everyone on TV take the Chiefs, but like you said, maybe the money's coming in on Denver. Well, then that changes things a little bit. But for the moment, it appears that, you know, maybe the Chiefs value is down right now because of their struggles lately, obviously. And the market has responded to that, seeing that, you know, three and a half on Denver on a, a primetime yeah, game and jumping on it. Also. Yeah, it's a week also. Yeah, under travel, right? There's a, we talked about, you know, home teams on Thursday night. Sorry to kind of cut you off there. But that's, that's something you hear every week now is how the home teams on Thursday nights are. I think it kind of turned around that Jacksonville, Tennessee week because there was still the, the market was on Tennessee going into Jacksonville for that game. And then after that, it's since then. It's been, oh, you know, the home teams on Thursday night, better prepare, tough travel, all that. And meanwhile, we were talking about that two years ago, three years ago. And now that the market's corrected to that, you know, these home or these road teams may have value. I know for sure that a ton of people got burnt or lost on Tennessee this past weekend. We actually, it was one of the games that we switched gears on. We were, we like Tennessee too. We saw a ton of money on Sunday morning coming in on Tennessee and we switched over to the Broncos and the Broncos, I won't say they kicked their ass, but they won rather handily 16, nothing, you know, and now you got a definite zigzag situation here yeah. where Kansas city is coming off back to back losses. Oh, they look a little shaky. Broncos home field advantage is starting to come into play again. It could be, I mean, myself, I got a hard time betting Denver against a team like Kansas City, but we'll see. That doesn't matter, you know, what I think or what I feel. It's what the market perception is and where is the value on that game? Is, it, is Kansas City short-priced? That is the question. It's not a matter of X's and O's or anything like that. It's Kansas City short-priced. Kansas City was three and a half last week at home against a pretty good team, Houston. Now there's three on the road against what might be another pretty good team, Denver. We don't know yet. How high is Denver's stock? Are they good? I mean, Denver, really, they could be 5-0. and oh. Yeah, maybe we've heard that. And they could be five yeah. and zero. Oh, a couple of bounces, and they're five and zero, oh, instead of 
what are they now? Two and three, or, or two and four? I yeah, I mean they, they were they were they were left for dead. I mean they couldn't catch a break there early in the year, losing to Chicago, losing to Green Bay, losing to Oakland. You know, people are talking about how is this rock bottom for Denver? They got to fire Elway. It's over. And like I said, now the resurgence is here. We're not even halfway through, or barely halfway through October, <laughs> six weeks into the year. Like, it's funny how things change week to week or two weeks out. You know, perceptions on a team. It's you know, it it it's a tough game. We'll see where it goes on Thursday. Let's look at the board. Let's see where the other over and under reactions are and what our targets might be. Instead of going game by game. Yep. You know, let's just let's just see. You know, just like I'm looking at Houston and Indy. I know Indy had a fantastic showing on Sunday night last week yeah. against KC. Now coming that off the defense yeah. shut them down. However, that said, it's interesting because Houston also played Kansas City. So the two teams here are the last two teams that played Kansas City, and they both beat them outright. In fact, Kansas City, just going back to them for a sec, if you go back over three weeks – they beat Detroit. They didn't deserve to win that game, and everybody knows it. So you got KC really lose. They should have lost to Detroit. Then they lost to Indy. Then they lost to Texas. They should be on an 0-3 run. So their stock is dropping. But back to Houston Indy. Indy is minus one this week. I'm just wondering if there's a big overreaction to Indy beating Kansas City on that Sunday night. I think there has Isn't to be. They're a ten and a half point dog. And it was a, it was the Sunday night football game. It was the most watched game of the week that week. And it's you know, it's easy to forget that they lost to the Raiders two weeks ago. <laughs> uh, just just stop there for a sec. Yeah. Cause you make a really great point there. And I want everyone to understand. I didn't do it on purpose, but let's go. Yeah. <laughs> Indy was a ten and a half point dog to Kansas City last week. Ten, not last week, the week before. Yeah. Ten and a half, right? That's the last time Indy played. Ten, And now they're a one-point favorite over a team that's equivalent to Kansas. That's an equivalent team in their last game. So you really have an 11-point swing there on Indy's like, back-to-back games, right? They go from a ten and a half-point underdog to a team on equal ground, right? Houston. Houston and Kansas City have to be considered pretty equal. And now Indy is a one point. So, you know, if you ju- just based on that alone, Indy is overvalued. Forget about Houston, whether they're overvalued, undervalued, whatever. Indy, just based on what, what, just based on that point spread, forget the results, just based on the point spread. Indy is greatly overvalued this week as a one-point favorite. That's all you got to know. doesn't matter about anything else. That's all you have to know. They were 10.5-point dog in Kansas City, and now against uh, you know what could be considered an upper-tier team, team, upper team as well, it's an 11-point difference. That's ridiculous. No matter what happens, doesn't matter. Does not matter. Not relevant. Outcomes, not relevant. Value is relevant. Indy, based on what we just said, is overvalued this week. Very simple. So Houston, probably a target. Probably, or Indy's a a good fade target this week. Anything else you see there, Matt? 
Well, that was one game yesterday that I really dove into, and I came out my my, my first inclination, like you know, like we always are, to take the points. Just take the points. You know, in most cases, you know, that, that's kind of where our mindset lies. And then you start looking at it a little bit closer and a little bit closer, and it's the Jags and the Bengals. And I know the Bengals are winless. Their market perception is dirt. However, I don't think that's changed in the last couple or three weeks. Like, I don't think they've got any lower, let's say. But a team like Jacksonville um, was getting a lot of headlines, a lot of popularity. If you go to fathead.com, you know those big funny sticky wall decals you can get? You can get a Gunner Minshew. I imagine Tom Brady's probably the only other uh, sixth round draft picked quarterback that you can buy a fat on on the you know so there's some obviously that Minshew mania we've talked about before now they've lost a couple games in the row Jacksonville they were what a three and a half point three four point favorite ended up closing at home to New Orleans on Sunday another reason why we came off of them in that game and, and flipped over to the Saints but now they're spotting a similar price I know it's on the road but to the Bengals I know in six team are the Jaguars undervalued? And in my thought was, who wants to lay more than a field goal with this team on the road right now? Well, yeah, after you bet them last week and they couldn't move five yards, right? They couldn't move five yards. It's really hard to go back in and bet them again on the road. Really hard to go back in and bet Jacksonville on the road laying points yeah. after you got burnt last week and Cincinnati although they're Owen said in this I mean, market mar- yeah. realize that they're Owen like if you no. would have asked me what Cincinnati's record is I would have said I don't know yeah they're not Are taking they, yeah. like maybe I, I mean does anyone really give a fuck that they're Owen six no. here's what I know since he has covered three times exactly they're three they in the played, market yeah they're three and three they played where Seattle twice uh they played Seattle tough Buffalo they tough. played the Bills tough. Yep. They played Baltimore tough. Yep. You know, they, they played Arizona tough. They lost by three. So maybe their market perception isn't that bad. Maybe people think that they're on the verge of a win. Here's right? what we're going to hear this week and that they're due. They're due. That's what we're going to hear. They're due. They're due. Right? And they covered last week. So you got Jacksonville didn't cover. A lot of people on them. You got since he did cover. So you got that zigzag happening again. A lot of people on Jacksonville this week jump off. A lot of people on Jacksonville last week, they jump off that bag in this bandwagon this week, and it presents a play. And you also got that nice little number of three and a half, a favorite number on the road. Who likes to lay three and a half on the road, especially with a team that scored six points at home last week? You know, it looks like they have trouble scoring. So it is a good target. It's a great target there. So, I mean, look at the Bills this week. They're set. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> when was the last time the Bills were favored by seven? It's got to be 20 gotta, years, yeah, 25 years, 30 years. I don't even know if they were 17 in the, when they were dominating. In the early 90s, yeah. At the four straight Super Bowls with Jim Kelly. I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't ever remember. I'm, sh- I'm sure someone will, someone will put the stat in their story this week. I'm sure we'll we'll hear about it at some point. I'm, 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 I've no doubt. But I mean, what do you do with a game like that? My goodness. The Dolphins just, well, they did cover last week, and they're going to put Oh, yeah. Well, week. we talked about that Sunday movement. The, 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 there was extreme line movement on that Redskins game when it went from three and a half to six and a half. And, or, you know, and a good reason why we jumped off it and put the Dolphins in a bunch of money line parlays. But Are the it, Dolphins that unplayable that you can't take 17 with them against Buffalo? Yeah. Buffalo might not even score 17. 
And that team, you know, Buffalo offense is garbage. Oh, yeah, that Tennessee game Their a couple of weeks ago. They're tough at home, but man, come on. Se- I mean, 17 points, Buffalo. You know, and then, and then you think, well, the books are probably going to need Buffalo because everyone's thinking the same thing. How the fuck can you not take Miami in 17 points against Buffalo? The total's 40. Yeah. Might be the lowest total on the board. You're gonna take 17 points in a in a in a game where the total's 40. Well, and the market you know? got burned by Miami last week. We've seen zigzags on Miami. Their last three games, uh, uh, the Charger game, we saw we thought for sure that the books would need my, and then sure enough, right? And then the Chargers cover no problem. So there's a zigzag there. They come in off the bye week. They pound the Redskins and get burned again on the Dolphins. And so you're exactly. Are they gonna? They're not gonna. Are you gonna spot 17 points with the, the team? The first inclination yeah. for anybody. This has is to be to take those points. Yeah. it has to be. So, I just be cautious. You know, the totals 40. The number 17. Buffalo is not well suited to lay 17. Yeah. Uh, the books aren't dumb. They're not stupid. Uh, Miami covered last week. Again, everybody pounded against Miami last week. That was another game we came off of, right? They got lucky. Yeah, they got lucky. They scored two late touchdowns. You know, you thought you were home free if you bet Washington. Miami scored two late touchdowns and covered. But still, you know, Fitz came in, gave them a spark. It's not like the first time he's ever given a team a spark. Now he's going to take back 17 points against Buffalo. It looks like a fucking cinch to take those points yeah. and let the chips fall. So be really careful. You might want to take Buffalo there and lay 17 because they're never 17. Never. Never. It's like Indiana last week in, uh, in, in college football. They were a 28-point favorite over Rutgers. Yeah. Like Indiana is not 28-point favorite in conference against anyone ever. And they beat. They, you know, they they went. They jumped out to a thirty-five nothing lead and 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 closed the deal. You know, they cruised at thirty-five nothing. So, you know, when something looks too good, when something looks that appealing, gotta be really careful. You gotta look at it hard. Don't just jump right in there. Like the Dolphins might actually, the Bills might actually be the play there. Totals forty. Those points gotta come from somewhere. Are they gonna come from the Dolphins? Are the Dolphins going to score 10 points? I don't know. If they score 10 points, they got a good chance of covering. But what, a, a score like 24 to 3 isn't out of the question? Of course it is. I mean, of course it could happen. Just be careful on that one. The last few weeks, Brian, we've been talking about uh, Bet365 has been posting uh, lines on the next week's games for the teams playing on Monday Night Football. And I love it because it's an instant um, – you can see the market's instant reaction – in, a, in that situation to, to with the results of that Monday night game based on the next week. And so let's just lump these two games together because the Packers opened as a seven-point favorite on Bet365 over the Raiders before that Lions game. And we all know what happened. Uh, it was a travesty. Doesn't matter. Green Bay, of course, got the win. They didn't cover. But everyone knows that they got away with one, especially the win, I think, more than anything. And a lot of people got burned. That number instantly, boom, down to five and a half. Instantly. You know, within within the day. So we see the reaction there. And then Detroit, they had opened as a one-point favorite or a pick 
I think there's one point and they were made like minus 115 over the Vikings. And now we've seen that cross through. And now the Vikings are now a favorite after a big win over the Eagles, a big win over the Giants. And it's, it's easy to write off the Lions as kind of like bad luck losers, which they have been. But we talk about teams not getting bounces and that could be better than their record shows. Uh, that's Detroit. So what do you think about the overreactions on those lines that were first posted before Monday Night Football and what's happened since then? The primetime games on Thursday, Sunday, and Monday have the biggest over and under reactions weekly. Every single week we see it. And Bet365, actually, uh, a reader sent me an article last week about the CEO of Bet365. She made, like, female. She made $265 million last year as a CEO of Bet365 based on their hold, based on their revenue, based on everything. So it just shows you that this this outfit, they don't give a fuck. They're making so much money, they don't give a fuck. The year, it's a, it's a UK-based sports book, and I've said it before, and no offense to anyone in the UK, the UK bettors are the worst gamble, sports gamblers on the planet. They are so clueless, it's not even funny. This place is putting up flawed lines. Not, I mean, not in football, because that's sort of universal, but uh, uh, on other stuff they put up, like, uh, I'm not going to get into it now, but they put up fla- flawed lines from time to time, and they're the only book that I know of that puts on that puts out the, the uh, following week's line before the team plays on Monday night, right? Like, what happened... What would have happened? Like they put out a line on Green Bay. What happens if Aaron Rodgers goes down on Monday night? Yeah. You know, they expose themselves greatly, you know, greatly expose themselves and they don't care. They don't care. They even pay like they have those early payouts. Oh, my you God. Think, yeah. We, we've you seen think them they at, can't yeah. make money. Yeah. You think how the fuck are they? They lose on every single bet on that game. Like if they're paying out early yeah. on a baseball game. How many extra tickets do we cash nothing? in baseball? Yeah. How many extra tickets do we cash in baseball this summer on for nothing? Dozens. Yes, and the team Dozens. ends up losing. Yep. What yeah, yeah. happens is they end up paying out on every single bet on that game. Just think about that for a sec. They have no hold, zero hold. They pay a 100% payout. On, and they're still making – and they do that in every sport. It just shows you how bad these – I don't know. I don't know. It, like I know most of their action is from the UK. Well, I think that's probably why they do it, yeah. It's incredible. Yeah. Anyway, back to uh, the overreactions on Sunday, Monday, Thursday, whatever. Yeah. You know, those are primetime games. They're standalone games. Everybody watches them. On sun, Listen, on Sunday, the early games, the 1 o'clock games, you're flipping around like a madman. 4 o'clock, it's a little more stable. It might be two or three games. You get to see a lot more. And those have even a, a, a bigger over and under reaction than the one o'clock games because does anyone really watch one one o'clock game it's like you're watching four or five every week and it's hard to get a true feel or read unless you're focusing in on one game which is hard to do anyway so there is a big overreaction Uh, and i also wonder about look minnesota's won back-to-back games by well two blowouts two blowouts right detroit they lost to Green Bay. Uh, no one even remembers what they did the week before because they were off, right? Yeah. So nobody even remembers. You know, so Detroit's stock doesn't look that great. But two 18-point wins in a row over Philadelphia and who was the other game against? At the Giants, yeah. 
at the Giants, that resonates. That resonates in the market. And now they're a small, very appealing one-point favorite, and it's probably not a good bet. And I also have to wonder about this, Matt. That Monday night game, I mean, it's it's very well documented. On ESPN, after the game, Scott Van Pelt was talking about it. It's been talked about over and over, about how Detroit got burned by the referees. Flowers had never been called for a hands-to-the-face penalty in his entire career. And on Monday night, he got nailed twice. Not once, twice. <laughs> yeah, and he was freaking out, and I don't blame him. They got burned so badly by those referees, not once, not twice, at least three times, probably four times, one bad call after the other. I wonder if there's going to be an overcompensation there from the referees. You know, the referees are human. You don't think they've heard about it? You don't think that this was brought up? You don't think that everybody knows that Detroit got really burned by the referees? Is there going to be an overcompensation this week? There could be. That's why I would never bet Minnesota this week. You know, the referees have a massive, massive impact on the outcome of games. You know, like I said before, there's seven referees, and if you watch football, it's flag after flag after flag after flag after flag. These guys are just dying. Seven of them on every field, dying to throw that flag. They can't wait. They got their hands in their pockets. How many times have you seen them throw a flag, and then they get together and they go, there's no flag on the plate? Well, what the fuck you throw the flag for? Did you see something that wasn't there? These guys are just, they want to be the star of the show. They're dying to throw the flag. You got to wonder if there's going to be an overcompensation for Detroit this week. Just putting that out there in case it happens. That's why I would not, I don't know if that game's going to make our board. No way would I bet Minnesota this week based on that alone because the referees are fucked in the head and the NFL. The NFL should do something about it. And then people will say, well, if they're so fucked and this, you know, and, 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 and it, 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 you know, you don't know what's going to happen and whatever. Why do you bet it? Right? Well, the simple answer is because there's value. There's value. I don't care what the referees do. You know, you're going to get burned sometimes and other times you're not. I'm playing value. I'm letting the chips fall where they may. The NFL is, you know, the bit of any sport. It's the biggest and over, the biggest over and under reactions because it's so popular because everybody watches it because it's twenty four seven. It's just uh, it's constantly on the news. That that NFL newswire does not stop twenty four seven. You know, so there's great value because of the over and under reactions. Can't worry about subjective calls by the referees or any of that other bullshit. Some are going to go against you. Some are going to fall with you. At the end of the day, it's all about playing value. Nobody can predict. <laughs> Do you see that guy we put up last week, Ricky Tran? Oh, poor Ricky. Jesus Christ. These guys are, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty sickening that people actually think or can try and convince you that they can predict games. You know, it's ridiculous. It's ludicrous. Ludicrous. No one in the history of handicapping contests has ever been able to predict games consistently 
you know, over an entire season or over an entire two. You can get lucky. You can get lucky for an entire year. But the only way to beat this sport is to play value. To beat any sport is to play value. So uh, be careful about, the, about, you know, fading Detroit this week. Not only is it a bad play because Minnesota's stock is high. Detroit, I won't say that they're low. Detroit's getting credit. But Minnesota's stock is a bit too high, and you may have that overcompensation this week. So be careful there. And then we got, you know, I know that uh, the Chargers stock is way, 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 way down. I mean, their stock is sinking faster than almost anybody. Anybody, whatever credibility, credibility, credibility they had, Prior to last week, they lost it all last week in that pathetic showing against Pittsburgh. It's back-to-back pathetic showing now for the Chargers. And this week, they're in Tennessee. Tennessee is bench Marietta. They're going with Tannehill. And they're a two-point favorite. You know, where is the over and under reaction there? Is it... Is there an overreaction to Tennessee going with its backup quarterback? Is there an overreaction to the Chargers looking pathetic? Is the game price right? Look for the value there. Look for wherever the value is. The 49ers, they're in Washington this week. San Fran blew out the Rams last week. Blew them out. You know, the score, what was the final there, Matt? 20 to 3 or 20 to 6 or yeah, something, something like, like that. that? Yeah, yeah. Washington stock is, I mean, San Fran's stock is going through the roof. Like, this is the week you're hearing they're Super Bowl contenders, right? You were hearing on a little bit of that prior to last week after they. Oh, yeah, just. France. Yeah. That's all you're hearing. San Fran, New England. San Fran, New England. San Fran, New England. San Fran's credibility through the fucking roof this week because they beat the Rams pretty good. Now they're a nine and a half point road favorite. Washington, we all know Washington is, you know, they're a bunch of dregs. And there's a big, big overreaction to San Fran's, yeah. you know, where they stand in the pecking well, order. And like we said, Washington got pounded last week. If like they were, if not the most bet team, they, they, well, you know, <laughs> it was the, the biggest shift on Sunday was that Washington game. So obviously all the money. And big money yeah, was po- everything. Everything came in on Washington. Like who's yeah. coming back on the Redskins this week after after that? Seriously. Yeah. How San can you? Fran, yeah, San Fran does look legit. So you know these are all over and under reactions. Like there's you're getting more points than you should be on Washington this week. That's all I know. Uh, whether that it doesn't mean they're going to cover, but whether that makes our board or not, we're going to see. But that's another definite overreaction right there. Trying to see what San Francisco's got next week. No look-ahead spot for San Francisco. Vikings did have a look-ahead spot. We talked about that as well. They've got the... I don't think Washington will be looking ahead to anything because they're awful, obviously, but the Vikings do host the Redskins on Thursday next week. Uh, we've seen just about every week all year here, one and or both teams that are playing on th- and or th- you know Thursday night or Sunday night football, no show, you know? So just be mindful of that as well, so... Yeah, Minnesota. So on top of all that we talked about, Minnesota's in that... Even though it's a division game against a uh, you know a heated rival 
they still have that Thursday night game up. And those Thursday, these guys love to play in prime time. And the Redskins, oh, well, and the Redskins look tasty, right? Like if you're if you're a Vike, if you know yeah. if you're Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs or Delvin Cook, like that, and, and Kirk Cousins too. I mean, let's not talk about. I mean, I'm sure that's why they booked that game. But I mean, it's it is going to be that storyline too. Cousins and the Redskins, obviously that and that breakup. But I mean, if you're wearing purple, that looks like a tasty matchup to you know get some of those eyes on you and maybe look at some of those endorsement dollars and all that good stuff, you know, you make it, make a name for yourself, kid. So what do you think about, uh, the jets beating Dallas? What do you think about their stock this week? You think it went way up or you think like, I don't know. I I mean, let's say Sam Darnold was playing. If it were anybody was- but new England and in prime time, I would say maybe, but uh, I mean, I think you know who the, who's going to bet the even even with it. Who's betting the Jets on on Monday night against New England? In a, you know, in a if game Sam that's Darnold, be, if Sam yeah. Darnold was coming back this week as opposed to last week, yeah, what would that number be? Would it be fourteen? If he Again, didn't have yeah, it, probably like, yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. He had a really good showing, and the Jets did too. Yeah. Is that number too low based on that, or are the Jets or are the Patriots? just so embedded as the best team in the mind of the market that they're just always inflated. Yeah. I mean, I think they're still talking. I mean, the Patriots are still winning games at such a clip and covering at such a clip that it's hard to ignore. So, you know, I'm telling you right now, I'm saying this right now. I'm saying I'm putting it out there right now that the Patriots are not close, not even close to being as good as everybody thinks they are. They are extremely beatable. Extre- I've never seen them more beatable than they are this year. I'm going to tell you another thing about New England. They don't win. They wait for other people to make mistakes. That's how they do it. Like, you remember a couple of years ago when Atlanta blew the Super Bowl? They just waited for It's every week the same fucking thing. They just – they don't make mistakes, like dumb mistakes, turning it over, uh, you know, doing something stupid, taking a dumb penalty, blah, blah. They just wait and they wait and they wait until the other team inevitably makes two or three or four mistakes and they capitalize and they win the game. That's how they do it. That's how they – I mean, it used to be they were the best team. I don't think they're the best, not even close to being the best team anymore. When they beat Buffalo, it was all on mistakes. Last week against the Giants, the score was what, 31-14? Was that the final or 35-14? They covered. It was all on Giants' mistakes. Every single score, every single opportunity was on bad Giants' mistakes. They were dominated by the Bills. They played that entire game from their own 10-yard line, and they beat the Bills, right? They beat Miami. They beat the Jets with uh, Luke Falk at quarterback. They beat – I mean, they are beatable. They just – you know, I used to – when I was younger, I used to play a lot of chess. And in chess – well, there's no money in chess, which is why I stopped playing. But (laughs) in chess, you know, we used to say chess is not won by good moves. It's won by the other guy's bad moves. And this is that's how New England plays. You know, if you just watch them week to week, they don't do anything spectacular. They just wait. If the Jets do not make dumb mistakes this week, they're going to beat them as a nine and a half point underdog this week. And I'm going to have some Jets on some money line parlays. There's going to be some great uh, 
just don't be stupid and you can beat New England. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, even that we've looked at their schedule coming up too. They, you know, it, it gets a little more dicey from here. I mean, they're going to be favored. Don't get me wrong in every one of these games, but they're home to Cleveland. They go to Baltimore. They go to Philly. They're home to Dallas. They're at Houston. They're home to Kansas City. I mean, they finish up with you know the Bengals, the Bills, and the Dolphins. Who knows what happens by the time we get to December? But even the next month. Month and a half, you've got a nice six-game window, seven if you want to count this Jets week here too, where, I mean, there's got to be some great opportunity to uh, to take back some significant points with some pretty decent football teams. Um, and, you know, when they get to Philadelphia, I know Philadelphia's had a rough few weeks here, but um, Doug Peterson is not an idiot. And, you know, his teams don't – you know. They don't make stupid mistakes. I mean, everyone makes, you know, interceptions, fun. those things happen, obviously. But we talk about the stupid, stupid shit these teams do and the stupid plays these coaches make. Doug Peterson's not stupid. And right. uh, so I look forward to that. I look forward to that. So And his quarterback isn't stupid. Exactly, yeah. When you got a, when you got a stupid coach and a stupid quarterback, it's a bad combination. Yeah. And as long as you don't turn it over three times or two times and get penalized 100 times against New England, you're going to – New England is going to – just don't play stupid and you're going to beat New England this year. Yeah. Tom Brady, like time has passed him by, man. Well, yeah. The game has passed him by. He's not as good as he used to be, not even close. He, As soon as any pressure comes, he throws the ball away in a heartbeat. He can't move out of the pocket. The protection he's getting is not great. Uh, the team just isn't as good as everyone thinks they are, you know. I'm just saying that, and they're, they're going to get beat. They're built a- like they used to be ten years ago when he was good enough to carry, you know, carry a team on his back with a bunch of no names. Now they've made some names out of guys like, say, Julian Edelman, but you know he's getting old too, and has had his problems with suspensions and injuries and all that kind of like. Who do they really have for him to throw the ball to? That Gronk's gone. I mean, Gordon. Pff, pff. You know, like they could, they cut. I know, like I know, they cut Brown, and obviously he's a head case, and and not not the best example of a guy you want on your team. But at least he was a superstar player. Like Tom Brady's not surrounded with superstars. He's not surrounded with the great offensive line. Their defense, I guess, but I, I think it's mostly turnover based. And you know, they benefited greatly from playing really, really bad football teams. Like you yeah, said, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about their defense? Yeah. They played Miami, the Jets, and Washington. Yeah. And Buffalo. I mean, Buffalo, yeah, they're a good team. Their offense can't move five yards. Miami can't get out of their own way. The Jets were the worst team in football without Sam Darnold. Washington is a fucking joke. You know, and then they beat Pittsburgh the first week of the year. They killed Pittsburgh, but the first week of the year is a complete wild card. So, And even last week against the Giants, if you bet New England last week and laid 17 or whatever it was, 16, you got so bloody lucky in that game. Like that game was tight. The Giants actually could have won that game if they didn't play so foolishly. You know, they were they got, you know, what was there? Like uh, uh, they fumbled. It was a fumble six. Oh, yeah. Pick six. Three turnovers all turned into tight. Like just don't turn the ball over against New England. Just hold on to the damn ball. And 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 you can, uh, you'll cover for sure. Probably beat them. I love the Jets. To honestly, like for all you Survivor people, do not play New England this week, man. They are very beatable, and I would not be surprised one bit if they got beat this week. All right. On to let's let's just briefly go over the Sunday night game, Matt. 
this is a tough one. Both these teams looked really, really bad on uh, on Sunday. But I think uh, you know the, the the Cowboys maybe lost Dung a little more. But both those teams are coming off pretty rough uh, rough outings. Yeah, Dallas is now being talked about as a team can, that can't beat a good team. They can beat the bad teams. They can't beat the good teams. So you're getting a lot of that stock, a lot of that talk. You know, Dallas's stock is down. Philly lost to Mini last week. I don't know if that hurt their stock that much. It may have. Their stock wasn't even that high to begin with. Yeah. Sort of in the middle as a you know middle tier middle tier team. But it's a good game. It's a good game Sunday night. I don't know where we're going yet. We'll have to see. And uh, I think there's a bit of an overreaction to Dallas performing very poorly as a seven-point favorite against a team they should have beat last week. Yeah. <laughs> and we, uh, you know, we targeted that as quarter of a sucker bet, right? It looked uh, just something did not seem right about that game. Yeah, so. we had, I think we had right in there. It was either the, the worst number they posted all year, the sucker bet of the day. So, you and know, it turned out that, to be the sucker. Yeah, if it feels that way, yeah, it'll happen. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyway, that's a, that's a look at the board. Uh, we're going to see where it goes. Going to post her plays on Friday. One uh, one other thing I just wanted to cover for a second, which is uh, NHL live betting. You know, NHL, the scoring this year is up higher than it's been in over 20 years. Uh, the last time there was this many goals in the first 10 or 11 days of the season was in 1996. Scoring is way up. You know, totals are up. If you look at totals in hockey, not unusual to see six and a halfs. You know, there's six and a halfs on the board every day now. There's sixes. There's very few five and a half. There's no, it used to be like three years ago, there was five and five and a half. That's it. There was never a six. It was five and five and a half. You know, but my point is that the books and live betting have not adjusted to this to the increase in scoring in other words if a team is down to nothing a couple of years ago three years ago that was insurmountable you couldn't overcome that a one goal lead in the third period was almost insurmountable that has changed but the books have not adjusted on the live betting you can still get three and a half to one on a team down a goal in the third period. You can still get two and a half or three to one on a team that falls behind two nothing early in the first period. So keep your eye on those. They're great bets. These teams that are down two nothing or down a goal in the third are no longer out of it. They can come back and they often do. So keep your eye on it. Parity in the NHL is fantastic. It provides opportunity daily. And uh, just wanted to point that out. So yeah, keep your eyes on the game too. You can you can tell when a team's live too, especially in hockey. You know it. uh, How many times do you see, especially in a first period, you know, one side dominates and it goes into the room down down a goal, right? I think we saw that last night in Toronto. Uh, I know they were down early to Minnesota. So yeah, lots of opportunity. Yeah, and they roll right back. Same with Tampa Bay. Yeah, same with Tampa. Yeah. Well, they were down one nothing to Montreal, but you know they were at one point they were just completely dominating, and then they, you know, they fired away three or four unanswered. So yeah, yeah. Uh, one thing I always say about live betting is to trust your instincts, and when you feel that momentum changing, 
trust your instincts. You've watched enough games to know or to feel. It's like a sixth sense that sports bettors have. You know, you trust your instincts. When you feel the momentum shifting, it's time for you to shift also. Buy out of your bet, flip to the other side, buy it live, whatever. So trust your instinct. I always say that to people. Trust your instincts more than anybody else. Okay, so uh, yeah, uh, hopefully we'll have a good week. You know, last week we kind of uh, toned it down a bit and played only five games, went three and two, really happy with that. And, uh, you know, we've, we're having a great year. Uh, I'm not going to get too excited. You know, there's probably a little bit of regression coming because there's just percentages say that. So, you know, I play with it. We like the game. We play it. Hopefully we get bounces, continue to get bounces. The value comes in and uh, we continue to do great. I ex And when I put out a game, I expect to win it. I expect to win every game I put out. I hate losing. I can't stand losing. When we put out a game, we really feel we got a good edge and uh, we'll continue to play it that way. Right, sounds good, Brian. Let's get uh, back to work here. Lots of uh, you know, lots of stuff to get ready for in NFL Sunday, college Saturday. Of course, all those plays will be on the website, sportswagers.ca daily. We've still got MLB playoffs, NHL. Uh, the NBA's firing up. Oh, my goodness. I mean, that what what, what the hell's going on with the NBA? I don't know. I saw them burning LeBron James jerseys in the streets of Hong Kong. Uh, <laughs> interesting times we live in, my friend. I, uh, it's a global game. That's what uh, David Stern wanted, right? Yes, he did. <laughs> all right. Well, for Brian Sherwood-Steinberg, I am Matthew Finney. Take care, everybody. Thanks for listening to the SportsWagers.ca podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe. For free daily picks, visit SportsWagers.ca.